only just moved house a month or so ago, so if I never have to put another flat pack together, I'll be a happy man. Um, yeah, so it's been a real privilege being a part of um, Everlife family and having my wonderful wife um, with me in this journey. Uh, yeah, so as Shafin said, we um, are tag teaming today, doing half each, and it's beginning this kickstart series about intentionally creating some good habits that help us love God and love others better. Um, the habit I'm going to be talking to you about is um, getting into God's Word. Uh, it's, it's a great habit and um, yeah, as I, um, if you could chuck up the next slide, a habit is something that we choose to do. It's, it's not so much an emotion, um, it's, it's often a choice and it's a repeated action. So I just wanted to start with this, it's from an unknown author. Um, so a thought, reap an action. So an action, reap a habit. So a habit, reap a character. So a, ha so a character, reap a destiny. Um, habits make us into who we are, for better or for worse. Um, I've got a little story of one of my many bad habits that I got into about six or seven years ago. I got addicted to an iPhone game called Zombie Farm, and uh, it sucks you in. It's free, but it's, they're very clever, and they, they, they know how the human brain works. Um, I'm actually a bit of an addictive personality, so um, it, it sucked me in thinking, oh, I'll get, I'll get a bigger farm, and I'll be able to take over other people's farms. And it sucked me in so much that I actually paid real money, just a couple dollars for zombie brains. Because, um, and it's, it's one of the lowest points of my life. Um, I confessed to my housemate and he told me I was an idiot. And, and I still didn't get rid of the game. A week later, um, it, it was even more destructive. I, I was in the parking lot after doing the shopping. And as I was about to pull the handbrake, a notification came up on my phone. My zombies had finished a farm. Um, and I checked and it's like, oh yeah, cool, let's see the farm. And then I felt a thud and I rolled into the car in front of me. Um, it was a small dent and the person was really gracious. I left a note and he didn't ask me to pay, but, but, but it was a destructive habit and it stole life. Um, I have had some good habits. I, I got into, you know, I've had some really great friendships where um, John O'McArdle and I did the Rottnest Swim 10 years ago and, um, and he was a, a real amazing training partner. Um, we're actually doing a team of four, an Everlife team for the Rottnest Swim. John has done the English Channel and done much bigger and better things than, than us, but he's going to kind of team up with us mere mortals, Kelsey, Schaaf and myself are going to do a team of four. So um, yeah, that's a good habit that I've got involved in, but probably the, the best habit that I've ever cultivated was when I was about 19 and I, I became a Christian. I, I made a commitment to Christ when I was 19. I'd been drifting for a few years. Um, I was brought up in church, but my first year of uni and last year of high school, I'd sort of drifted away from the church and was going to parties and just going with the flow. Um, but when I became a Christian, um, I encountered God for the, for the first time in a real way. Like um, he showed me his love, he convicted me of my sin and showed me his love all at the same time. And because I'd encountered God in a real way, I started to pick up the Bible and the words started coming off the page and impacting my life. Um, I had a really good friend who met with me once a week and we went through a chapter of the Bible and had Tim Tams and hot chocolate. And um, that really kicked me into a good habit. It was, um, and back in those days, it was quite a while ago when I was 19, I had a real Bible with real paper. Um, do you know, does anyone know what that is? <laughs> And 
I used to carry it around with me all the time, actually. My, so in second year at uni, um, my friends started making fun of me because I always carried my Bible with me. And it started looking all tattered and old. I, I used to take it on camping trips. I even took it in my kayak on a few kayaking adventures. And my Bible was falling apart. It literally was. But thankfully, for the first time in my life, I wasn't. That was a little dad, a future dad joke there. Thank you very much. So that was the opposite of the zombie farm habit. It was a life-giving habit. Um, now, those were just the first few years of my Christian life. Um, I, had, you know, I had a real fire burning, and, and often when someone first comes to Christ, they, um, it, it's, it's, it's an awesome thing when you, when you encounter God for the first time. Um, as I said, it's been a long Christian journey, and, I had, and I've had ups and downs, and there's been times in my life when I've had to make a decision. Well, I've chosen to make a decision. Thankfully, I've had good friends that have still walked with me along the journey who regularly remind me, you know, or, or maybe I'll, I'll, I'll meet up with them and they'll say, hey, have you been reading the Bible lately? And, and um, a saying that just came to mind then was, show me your friends, show me your future. And, I, and I've been really blessed to have good friends who've helped me keep that habit going. Um, a real romantic idea I thought for my wife on our honeymoon was to try and read the Bible in a year. Um, and we, we started, and we, we actually got about halfway through last year. So we're going to keep going. And it's been a really good habit, I reckon. It's been something that even when we're struggling through an IKEA flat pack and, and, the, and the mundane troubles of life, um, making that decision, even though we don't always feel like it, to open up the Bible together has been a wonderful thing in our marriage. Um, and as a single guy before that, it's been a life-giving habit. Um, so a psalm that demonstrates um, the, this habit about being intentional about God's word is the first psalm. And I'm, gonna, I'm a teacher, so I like to go through things sequentially. Um, but we're first going to read it, and then we're going to go through verse by verse. And we'll hopefully be done in 14 minutes. So, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. So a summary statement of verse 1 could go like this. Next slide, please. Blessed is the one who doesn't follow what is popular or go with the world's ways. Interestingly, this psalm starts with what being blessed isn't. It's not going with what other people are doing. It's not following the way of the wicked, the sinner, and the mocker. And um, just, next slide, sorry. I've just highlighted those three words. Um, it's hard to actually see the highlight. Oh, sorry, blessed, yes. Blessed is basically much deeper than happiness. Um, could go into it for ages, but it's basically when you're living a life that's fulfilling, a life that's right. Um, I can say for sure that before I came to Christ and when I was just going with the flow, I wasn't lead, lead, leading a blessed life. I was trying to be happy. I was chasing after certain things. But I look back and there was no purpose, no meaning. And blessed is something that's deeper, um, it, it, deeper than happiness. And so we'll just leave it there. Um, so what does this blessed life look like? Well, it's not any of these three words. Um, the wicked in... The Old Testament often is translated as ungodly. And it's basically someone who doesn't believe in God. Um, that brings it a bit closer to home for me. It's easy to think about the wicked people out there. But there's areas of my life where, where there's 
where I struggle to believe God's promises and trust God. Without trust, you can't have relationship. And it wasn't until I started trusting God that relationship with him started. Um, and when we don't trust God and we start disbelieving his word, and, and that's ultimately the original sin of Adam and Eve. That's what the serpent encouraged them to do. Did God really say blah, blah, blah? It, it's a lack of trust in God. Then we start to walk in the way of sin. And sin is basically just missing the mark. It actually means miss the mark. Not living the way God intended us to live. And then the, the next one in this progression is a mocker. And a mocker is someone who's an all-out enemy of God. And so, so it's kind of gone through a progression there. Just like the next three words, which are verbs. And it's walk, stand, and sit. And just not to get too technical, but walk is basically the way we live. When we don't believe God's promises, we, it affects our day-to-day -day lives. And then stand is kind of in this context signifies stopping and halting to consider the life of sin. Oh, oh that looks all right. Oh, that looks all right. And then sitting is actually being identified with the mockers and it and it affects your sense of self so there's two words two kind of word progressions in this first verse that show a life that isn't blessed and sin is always progressive it always tries to destroy life but is the first word of the next verse um, and but is an awesome word to look at here because it trans um, it, it trans it goes from negative to positive um, and and here we see what the blessed life looks like. It looks like someone who delights in the law of the Lord. And so the next um, highlight is law. And that word in Hebrew means Torah, which basically means the whole of God's word, God's story. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, oh, that's right, we missed the highlight of the law. But that, that word law is not just do's and don'ts. Yes, there are a few commandments in the Bible, but it's... God's story is his word of how he saved his people, ultimately through Jesus. Um, if you do start a Bible reading plan, I'd highly recommend to, to start with a bit of Old Testament and start with the Gospels that talk about Jesus. When, when I read um, the sacrifice system in Leviticus and Exodus, it's fulfilled in Jesus, who was the ultimate sacrifice. He died and rose again for our sins. And so, so that's what the God's word is. It's the whole story. It's his story from start to finish of how God has saved his people. Um, then, how is the best way to meditate on God's word? It's meditate day and night. Um, that word meditate in this context basically is not really the new age form of meditation. It's, it's not emptying yourself, um, it's actually filling yourself and letting, uh, with God's word and letting his word transform you and fill your imagination. Yeah. Um, Archbishop William Temple, some church historian guy, he said this, he said, um, well, a, a commentator, um, he said that your religion is what you do in your solitude. Um, whenever, you're think, whenever you don't need to think about what you're thinking about, is your religion whether that's worry whether that's that money job you want to get whether it's zombie farm whatever it's that we're, we're all meditating and that's the challenge of this psalm we're already meditating on something we've all got longings we've all got dreams we've all got desires 
the message of the first two verses of Psalm 1 is, we're already meditating, why not meditate on God's word and, and live a blessed, fulfilling life? So verse 2 can be summed up with this, but the blessed person delights in God's word and creates a habit of doing it. And in verse 3, just quickly, we have some amazing promises if we do. Um, you'll be like a tree planted along the riverbank, always connected to the source of water, bearing fruit in each season. That doesn't mean you'll always be showing fruit. My wife and I have a few fruit trees and they're only just starting to get these little avocados that are that big. And it's, and it's really exciting. We have to water them almost every day because they need a lot of, a lot of water in this season. But the fruit doesn't happen doesn't show and, and, and that's how it often is when you start a good habit is you might not see the results straight away but growth takes time um, but it does happen. I'm, I keep thinking of that hair, um, hair shampoo. It doesn't happen overnight but it will happen. That's for the older people in the room. Um, so yeah, even in those tough seasons when you don't see the fruit, God is working and growing in your life and you will prosper. That's another promise. It may mean actual physical success, um, but the, the type of prospering that really speaks about is what you do will have eternal value, right. that, that you will live a blessed life that has meaning and that has purpose beyond, beyond into eternity. And that's, that's actually the, um, the theme statement of this church is go with purpose, live a life filled with purpose. Up until the time I was a Christian, I was just drifting, I was purposeless. Um, God came in and transformed my life in a powerful way and now I'm living a life of purpose. I'm far from perfect. In fact, I'm going to tell you a quick story about how imperfect I have been. So about seven or eight years after I became a Christian, I went through a pretty tough time. I think you could call it a dry season. And, and I started, I guess, disbelieving some of God's promises. Um, I had a few things not work out. And, and I can make excuses till the cows come home. But um, basically, I stopped looking to God. I stopped trusting in him. Um, and I started um, considering sinful actions and hanging out with different people and, and stuff. And a mate of mine, um, probably shouldn't have been mates with this guy, invited me to a poker tournament. And I went along. And I'm not sure. Um, I, I actually did okay. I had no idea how to play, but, but I did okay. And I got a little bit hooked on gambling for about six months of my life. Um, I actually was walking in a way that was, was not God's intention for me. It was, it was out of step with my purpose. Um, I was literally sitting at the seat with mockers. Um, and thankfully, God didn't let me go. He was tugging at my heart and my conscience kept sort of saying to me, or God through, through my conscience kept saying to me, this is not you, Ben. This is not what I've got planned for your life. Um, I eventually caught up with one of my great friends. I told him what was going on in my life. We prayed together. He encouraged me, kind of called me every couple of days, um, reminded me, let's, let's feast on God's word. Let's fill ourselves with God's word. And quick, quicker than I thought, but not straight away, that power of addiction was broken. And, um, and I just want to share this last verse that really sums up about two months into that um, time in my after I got out of that time in my life, I read this psalm, Psalm 34, verse 5. Those who look to him, God, for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. 
As I looked to him and not these other things, I became radiant with joy again. If you're experiencing shame from looking and going into dark places, just know God is right here. He's tugging at your heart. He wants you back. There's no condemnation. All right? He just wants relationship. Um, and, and I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to hand it over to Kelsey, who's going to talk about prayer. So just, um, yeah, just pray with me for a sec. Lord, thank you so much that you have spoken to us in your word. You're speaking to our hearts right now. Lord, I pray for every single person in this place. I pray that they would know how much they're loved. They would know how much you love them and you want them back. I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would continue speaking through Kelsey now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give it up for Kelsey. I think I went slightly over. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> All good. Awesome. Thanks, Ben. You know this. Yes, please. Um, everyone just give it another round of applause to Ben, please. Awesome. So good. Um, so yeah, like Ben said, um, I'm going to be speaking a little bit on prayer and worship as well today. Um, and just to sort of, sort of share a little bit about um, what that means in terms of your relationship with God. Right. Thanks, Ben. Um, so yeah, first a little bit about me, I suppose. Um, I just got back from Albany a couple of weeks down there. Yeah. Um, went on some crazy adventures um, whilst I was down there. Um, one of them being, uh, I decided to go for a, a hike on New Year's Eve, on New Year's Day. Yep, you can see it there. <laughs> and the plan was to get up there so we could watch the sunrise. What um, It was called the Devil's Slide. So it was a little bit scary, a little bit mysterious. Never done it before. And um, yeah, someone, I'm not gonna point fingers, um, miscalculated the time to get up there. So that's a photo of us at 3.30 a.m. in the morning, an hour before sunrise on New Year's Day. Um, so yeah, it was a pretty crazy adventure. As you can see, Jordan's thermostat does not work. <laughs> it was actually really cold. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's a pretty crazy adventure. Um, another crazy adventure that I've been on lately is my adventure with God. Um, it's been so crazy that um, a couple of weeks ago before I went to Albany, I stepped out in faith and quit my job, wow. which is pretty crazy. Um, and I can honestly say that ever since I've done that, I've never felt so filled with the Holy Spirit as I do now. Uh, it's off the charts. Um, yeah, no words can describe. But I think one thing that I noticed since quitting my job was like how important routine and habits are, like Ben was talking about. Um, you know, I was working a nine to five for, you know, pretty much a nine to five job, lots of hours. Um, but I was going to work every day and I was getting into that habit and routine. And so when I decided to um, create you know, new habits or add new things to my life, like for example, exercise, I was like, all right, let's do it before um, work. So it's a thought, habits start with thoughts. They turn into actions, actions turn into behaviors like Ben was talking about, and repeated behaviors turn into habits. Um, so yes, it started with a thought. I was like, all right, do it in the morning, set my alarm, you know, take action. I actually wake up and went to the gym. And then after a while, I started going you know, frequently and then before I knew it, I was like, you know, waking up before my alarm in the morning. And I was like, this is what a habit feels like. <laughs> it's pretty good. But I believe that um, the same thing goes with prayer and worship. I think that, um, you know, we always start with an intention or a thought or idea to pray. We might pray once, we might pray twice. But unless we're praying continually every day, 
Um, you know, God says, give us this day our daily bread. We need God's word daily. Um, it's a command that he gives us. Um, unless we're doing that, we're not going to create a habit. We're not going to deepen our relationship with God. We're not going to spend time in presence, in, in prayer and worship and praying and praising him. Um, you know, it's so important to, to create a habit because then it, God can allow his allowed to move in our lives, you know, and really um, as we spend time with God. Um, there's a verse, Philippians 4, 6, um, that says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, um, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. In every situation, in absolutely every situation, we're directed to pray and spend time yeah. with God. There's a couple of other things in the Bible that um, are reasons why we should pray um, that the Bible talk about. And number one, it says, yeah, we're commanded to. God says in um, the Bible that rejoice always, pray continually, right. you know, spend time with him. Number two is that it gives him glory. So um, when we pray to God, when we're worshipping him, we're praising him, we're giving God the glory um, over the situations in our lives, over every situation in our life. Um, number three is it helps us overcome. Yeah. all our trials and tribulations or anything that we're going through, when we pray to God, we can pray for strength. And God has promised to give us strength in those times in need. Yeah. You know, um, it helps us overcome those times in our life. And yeah, that goes on to number four. We bring our requests to God when we pray. We ask for things. God has said that, um, you know, if, if he abides in us, that we can ask for what we desire, what we desire, so, as long as it aligns with the kingdom of God, you know, um, we can bring our requests to him. And number five is that it helps us discern his will. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it helps us provide direction and guidance in our life um, about what, you know, God has planned for us. And we can only do that if we have that open communication with God, if we keep that conversation with God going and we're listening for him and we can listen to what he has to say to us. Um, like I said, there are many promises in the Bible around prayer. And one of my favourites is James uh, chapter 4, verse 8. It says, come, to, come near to God and he will come near to you. Yeah. Like, God just wants to be with you. Yeah. That's all he wants. He just wants a relationship with you, and he wants to spend time and just be with you. So um, over the last few weeks, I've had a couple of words repeated to me over and over again. Um, these words were in all things. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Again, pray continually. Um, yeah, so it's so weird. I had this crazy experience where I was like when I was down in Albany I was thinking about what hike to go on a different one to the devil's slide um, and I, I just hear God's voice just like in the back corner right here and he's just whispering in my ear in all things and I was like oh okay cool so I said a little prayer and then there's another moment where I was walking to the kitchen to get ready like to eat breakfast or something and God just like popped his little head up again he's like in all things and I was like, all right, I'm listening. You know, what's yeah. going on? I'm hearing your voice. You're obviously wanting me to pay attention to something. And then God took it to like a whole another level. I was in the toilet. <laughs> and I remember sitting down, just doing my thing. And I look up and I see God's face and he's just smiling at me. And this is how I know God's got like a sense of humor. And he just sort of like leans in and he whispers. He's like, in all things. I was like, what? I'm in the toilet. <laughs> and it was just crazy. But I was like, okay, God, you know, in all things. So I said a little prayer. Took a deep breath. I was like, God, 
please just empty my bladder. <laughs> so we had a little moment, but it was only after that moment that I was like, wow, it's not just decisions that we make in life, it's in everything. When I'm like, when I wake up, when I'm brushing my teeth, when I'm trying to drive to work and not crash. God's in everything. He's all around us. And that's what I think he was trying to say to me. I think he's trying to remind me that God's our creator. He's our master. He's all around us. He's within us. And God just desires to be with us. It's like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. You know, just imagine it back there before sin. God created us just to be with us. Well, Adam and Eve were just walking through the gardens, you know, with God. How amazing would that be? Um, so, yeah, it was just crazy. And all things just kept repeating in my mind. So I decided to talk to God about everything, big or small. So last week, I wasn't sure um, whether I'd come to the service to hear Beck speak. Um, but I was like, yep, God and all things. So I said a little prayer and I was like, look, if you want me to go up, provide me with a lift there and back. Um, and within five minutes, he did. Yeah. And I was like, cool, guess I'm going. And then I woke up the next day at 5am to catch my first lift. And I just remember God saying, he's like, I'm going to bless today. I was like... Cool. <laughs> cool. That's really exciting. And I just remember, like, that whole day was the most craziest day of my life. Like, one of the best days I've ever had with God. My spiritual journey, I've just been on cloud nine ever since. So it's the little things. It's not the, the big decisions that God's always guiding us in. It's just those little things that we might think that are little, that are actually quite big. So what I just want to encourage you in is you can't have that kind of experience with God unless you've got that consistent open relationship with him you can't hear his word unless you've got that consistent relationship with him it's like a a permanent phone call you know God's just like you're staying online with God the whole time Um, so yeah it's pretty pretty epic when you open that part of your life up to God Um, and the same goes with worship you know when life's going great we're told to praise God when life's going not so great we're told to praise God as well you know there's two distinct moments in my life where I just remember I did not want to praise God at all. I was having a rough time and I was kind of mad at him a little bit. And I just chose, it was a choice that I just wanted to praise God and speak with him. And like, man, I just sweat, like God just works so much in those moments. And he just moved me so much in those moments that I just surrendered to him and made that choice to praise him no matter what. So I just want to share a couple of practical ways and we can do that and how we can start building habits um, in prayer and worship with God. Um, the first one is to just pray in all things, all right? Tell God your intention. Um, you know, pray for strength and mindfulness around this moment. Creating habits aren't easy. The start is like really hard. So if you pray to God, you give it to him, you can start build traction, building traction that way. Um, number two is find something that works for you. So I studied psychology and I wrote my thesis in habits, how to develop habits. So there's a couple of things that I learned along the way that can assist us practically to build habits. So if we're trying to, you know, we're starting to say, okay, God, I want to pray to you every day um, and create a habit in that way, one thing we can do is cues. Cues are a really good practical way to remind us to spend time with God. Whether it's a poster, whether it's sitting in the Bible on the kitchen counter, whether it's every time I brush my teeth, I'm just going to spend a couple of minutes just praising God, doing a little dance. You know, dance is worship too. It's biblical. Um, so yeah, just find whatever whatever you can do to remind you to pray to God. Um, yeah, and then the next thing is to, number three, find an accountability buddy. So whether it's a partner, a friend, a family member, a housemate, let someone know that that's what you're trying to do so they can message you every day. Like I said before, give us this day our daily bread. It's got to be daily. We've got to create that relationship with God 
on a daily basis. Um, so yeah, find a buddy. And number four is my favourite. Um, it's called like love your habit. Um, so when I was working all these crazy hours and I had no time to spend with God at all, um, and I, I decided to make that decision to, to create a habit um, to spend time with God. And yeah, man, it just changed my life completely. Um, I wasn't even sure how it was going to work, whether I was going to be able to commit to it, but like, you know, through God's grace, we can do all things. Um, so yeah, I just created that habit with God, um, spent time with Him every morning. And absolutely loved it. I'd have this routine where I'd wake up and I'd go to the gym straight away because like there's no way I was going to concentrate at 4.30 in the morning. So I'd come back and I'd have a shower and my favourite thing that I look forward to every single day was jumping back into bed and just open my Bible. Full of adrenaline, pumped up for God. It was great. So I just encourage you to go away tonight and make a plan. As simple as you want it to be to dedicate some time every day to spend in prayer and worship with God. It will change your life. Your relationship with God will reach new levels, it will open new doors, it will break chains, it will move you in ways that you never thought possible yeah. in all things. So I pray that God gives you grace and love will pour out abundantly over each of your lives tonight and into the coming year as we step into this new season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.